Captain. Raging review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand. And let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! Who's that team ready? Who's that team ready? That's up! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ladies, gentlemen, children, babies, welcome to another edition of the Region Review Podcast, Season 6, Episode 12. We have Homecoming coming up. I'm Jerry. I'm here with Nick. And hello, old friend. Who is that guy? Oh, that's Josh. What's up, Josh? How you doing, stranger? Thanks for having me on your show. Pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure to have you, my friend. So, We have a lot to talk about tonight. Cajuns coming off a bye week. Uh, Two weeks ago, they got a big win against Texas State at home. Uh, We'll talk about the Cajuns' upcoming game this weekend against the Georgia State Panthers as they come to town for UL homecoming. A lot of homecoming festivities going on this week leading up until uh, until Saturday. We'll also talk about the Crew Allon, their first big event last week, their tip-off celebration, how that went and what consisted of that, as well as some future, possible future plans uh, for the NIL Collective. We'll also talk about what's going on around the Sun Belt. We actually had a game that was played last night, and uh, let's just say for one team, not so pretty. Both teams of which we will play in the near future. We'll talk a little bit of volleyball, a little bit of soccer, a little bit of golf. But first, like I said, I got Nick and Josh with me. Guys, how was your week off? We had a bye last week. What did you guys do in so much spare time? It was relaxing, man. Um, it was nice to kind of get a break. I'd say relaxing until Sunday. Well, Sunday was relaxing too because that black and gold team we shall not mention. Um, but yeah, it, it was nice to kind of get a break to watch some games, to not have that anxiety that you have all day waiting for your game to start. Um so I was able to catch a lot more, I, I think, see a lot more football than I would typically do on a Saturday. And like I said, uh, temper my anxiety for at least one day uh, until uh, until this coming Saturday. But yeah, homecoming and and how appropriate for homecoming than to have our boy Josh join us tonight. So to answer your question, I wouldn't describe my weekend as relaxing in any way. You know, guys, I got to tell you, when you start coaching the girls on the soccer field, the gridiron, the baseball diamond, the softball diamond, whatever the case is, there's always some, there's some anxiety when you move up to the next level. All right. So we're the young, we're the young team in this new uh, world of U8 soccer. And, you know, we're playing up, we're in the goal division, we're at the tip top, we're competing with the best of the best. 
I got to tell you, some sleepless nights. Got to, you know, we, we got to devise a plan to win to win. You got some real athletes now, you know, folks, uh, you know, we got one touch passing going on. It, it's been, a, it's been, it's been tough for the Rainbow Mermaids slash Cajun Racers slash Jumping Jags. Okay. So uh, the weekends have been, they, they have been uh, anxiety inducing. However, I would like to report that we did beat the number one team in the league, which we now stand at second in the table. Just want to shout out to the girls. But go. we did get a very nice victory last weekend. We we control our own destiny. We got two wins to win the league. So happy to report that the girls are doing fine. Uh, our professional team, boys, let's face it, we have a problem on offense. Uh, we have an aging defense. We have an overpaid offensive line. Uh, I, I see some troubling waters ahead for the for the Saints. Uh, and we have an honest. awful o offensive coordinator. He's offensive Over, to watch his play calling. Agreed. Well, I, I, I'm, we're going to need some good luck after this past weekend because uh, Kayla and I got the chance to go to Nick's backyard. We, we took a trip to Houston and um, pretty much did a marathon through the Galleria on Saturday. That was fun. I forgot how big that mall was. We walked through the entire thing. So uh, who needs to do uh, a 5K or a 10K? We can just walk through that mall and the three stories there. Uh, and then Sunday, we actually went to the Saints-Texans game. And it what was frustrating for me was – I've never seen a, a a team travel or a fan a fan base travel like the Saints, like the Who That Nation did in Houston. It was almost 50 50 in an NRG stadium. And we only got to cheer like one time when we scored that touchdown in the first quarter. And it was what was frustrating about it was it felt like the Superdome at times, but yet the Saints didn't give us much to cheer about. I mean, we got inside the. I think the offense got inside like the 35 or 30, like seven times or something ridiculous. And you were only able to muster 13 points. And for what you guys saw on TV, it didn't look much better in person. Actually, it was more frustrating in person because, you know, seeing plays develop, seeing the play calling, um, you know, third and short, Pete Carmichael's calling go routes to our receivers. When you see like guys like Michael Thomas and Chris Olave master the craft of the slant route. And yet we're still running go routes to the end zone. Um, you know, Derek Carr, not our offensive line, our running backs not picking up blitzes. Yeah, they need to fix something with that offense and fast. They play tomorrow night against Jacksonville. Jacksonville came off with a big win against Indianapolis. I don't like the direction that that this is going for the Saints. So something better give quick because tomorrow night it could get even uglier if they don't if they don't do something about that. Um, that you know, after that game, uh, we actually went to Minimade. Uh, watch the Astros drop a game to the tech uh, to the to the Rangers, but that was fun. I'll admit, even in spite of the loss and as frustrating as it was, that atmosphere inside of Minimade was a blast, and that's something I could scratch off my bucket list going to an ALCS game, especially being the Astros. As most of you know, I'm an Astros fan, just like just like Nick, and um, it was it was a blast. It was loud, just full of energy, and um, it was just a great environment, and that was that was a cool experience. So. Uh, hopefully the Strohs looks like they're on a roll right now in game three. May, I, I was telling Nate before the episode, they need to move the entire ALCS and keep it in Arlington because apparently the Strohs play better in Arlington than they do in Minimate against the Rangers. If we can do game six and seven in Arlington, they might win the whole thing there. Or maybe you just need to not attend a game here in the playoffs or, hey. or a Saints game here. Maybe you need to do that because that was absolutely terrible. You went 0 for 2. Don't ever hey, do look, that man, again. I wasn't there. I wasn't there against Tampa Bay last week. I was not there in game two in the Astros. So uh, look, it's not just me. So everybody kept texting me that they're like, man, you got to quit coming to games. I'm like, that's not my fault. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And uh, it was good to get out of town and, and you know, um, 
enjoy ourselves for a few days in Houston, but we came back home. Everything's back to normal. And just like, just like that, everything's back to normal for, for Raging Cajun sports. Um, again, we have a big game coming up on Saturday against Georgia state. Um, before we move on, let's get started with the sponsors. Uh, want, we want to thank, of course, the people that pay our bills. So let's start. Uh, Gordon McKernan, injury attorneys, office locations in Lafayette, Alexandria, Lake Charles, Monroe, Shreveport, Zachary, Denham Springs, Gonzalez, Hammond, and the home office in Baton Rouge. Go by and see the chief happiness officer, Penny. You'll be glad you did. Get the G guarantee. Gordon will win your case or you won't owe a dime. No costs, no expenses, no fees, nothing. They've done thousands in NIL deals. They've assisted athletes with everything from promoting their personal brands to networking within the business world. You can call toll-free at 888-532-1573. That's 888-532-1573. www.getgordon.com. Get Gordon and get it done. Lafayette Roofing and General Contractors, licensed and insured. They are locally owned and family operated. Our good friend Darren Domang is a proud UL alum and RCAF supporter. Lafayette Roofing is certified with the Better Business Bureau, where Mr. Darren Domang serves as a board director. Just a reminder, if you haven't inspected your roof for damage with the wild weather we have had in the last couple of years, make sure to check for the following. Sagging, signs of water damage, dark spots, holes, cracked or torn shingles, large amounts of shingle granules in the gutters, presence of rot, mold, or moisture. They offer three different options for financing, and they also offer exceptional interior, exterior painting, and sheetrock services. They've served over 10,000 satisfied customers, so I guess they can't be wrong. Give Darren and the crew a call today at 337-237-ROOF. That's 337-237-7663, or visit www.lafayette-roofing.com. And last but not least, Patriot Steel Group, the guys over at Patriot Steel Group would like to thank all RCAF donors and encourage everyone to consider giving any amount they can to support our student athletes and their mission to promote our great university. Friend of the pod, Mr. Chris Russo, this is his new venture, founded in 2021. The founders of Patriot have over 100 years of experience collectively in the oil and gas industry. Patriot Steel Group offers domestic ERW, or which stands for electric resistance welded, and seamless tubulars. We can provide you with quality steel anywhere in the United States, from premium alloys to carbon grade. Contact Brandon Gallette or Reed Barbier at 337-443-9296. That's 337-443-9296. Or visit the Patriot Steel Group LinkedIn page. And then once again, that's Gordon McKernan. That's Lafayette Roofing and Patriot Steel Group. Thank you so much to all of our sponsors. And with that being said, we actually have some new sponsorships coming up, which is one of the reasons why we brought Josh on. Uh, as we told you in the beginning of the season, uh, even though Josh may not be present in some of our episodes, he is doing a lot of the background work. And this is one of those. Uh, Josh has worked really hard to uh, bring aboard some more supporters of the pod slash, slash sponsorships that he wanted to discuss so, uh, Josh, take it away, man. Tell us what you've been doing uh, behind the scenes, helping out Razor Review. Well, I didn't work that hard. Don't give me too much credit. Oh, you did. No, you did. Pat hey, yourself wanted, on the back. I want to. <laughs> I want to recognize Joel Bo because that's hilarious. He's Jack for Jerry sponsorship reads, dude. 
every week, man. He gets the, pumped. The jingle. We, what we need to do is instead of just doing the read, we'll do a recording of the jingle and just play that because I think that that is more. Uh, if from a marketing standpoint, you're getting more reaction out of the jingle. So we should do it like that. We could cut three minutes off the read. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, like Jerry said, one of the reasons why I joined tonight is to talk about some of our new uh, partnerships. We're not going to announce them officially just yet because the contract starts November 1. But if you guys have been paying attention to our posting patterns, which I know a lot of you do, uh, we're bringing absolutely into the fold. If you notice Jerry's shirt he's wearing tonight, that's uh, complimentary of Phyllis and Emily and the gang. Over at Absolutely Embroidery and More, 3010 College Saloon, Lafayette, Louisiana, 70508. Go check them out. They have a great vintage lineup. Uh, I, went, I was actually in there today to drop off some, some uh, cookies that my wife made, and we'll talk more about that later. But uh, I was in there, and they, have, they had just printed some more stuff with the Bulldog on it. They've just printed some more vintage stuff that they haven't advertised just yet. So you guys are going to have to go in there and check out what they have. They're constantly rolling out new stuff. I know Jerry's kind of, I, I see that that look on his face. He's like, what could possibly be new? There's a lot of new stuff. It's not even on the website. I don't even think that they've done any type of advertising for some of these pieces of clothes. So go check them out. They are out of some of the things that they initially um, advertised on Monday. Well, I think it was Friday that they advertised the first things. They sold out of that Monday and Tuesday. That's how popular and that's how busy they've been. Uh, but you can walk in there and tell them, look, I want script Cajuns on a white shirt and they'll make it for you. You can walk in there and say, I want a red hat with the old USL logo. They'll make it. You can walk in there and say, I want a jacket with the old bulldog on it with the circular kind of like you see me. I'm wearing an absolutely hat as well. They have a jacket like this. that looks like the old Falkenberry jacket. They're selling those. And the best thing about it is here's the thing. They're not $90 for a polo. They're not $115 for a t-shirt or a faux Jersey. The prices are comparable to what they used to be five years ago. The prices are reasonable. Uh, you can get a whole lot of stuff for a reasonable rate. So go see Absolutely. They are just absolutely killing it right now, as Joel just posted. Uh, I, I can't say enough great things about them. And, and the fact that they're willing. They also have another promotion that nobody really talks about. I haven't seen it posted anywhere. If you go in there and you suggest to them um, a hat or a shirt or a jacket, that, uh, you know, just for example, like Jerry has the hat with the fleur-de-lis and the black front, white net back. That, they put that in rotation, and Jerry got a complimentary uh, hat because of it. Those hats are selling like hotcakes, and Jerry uh, is, is benefiting from it. So if you walk in there with a good idea, and your idea sells, sells they're going to give you some sort of a promotion on it, some sort of uh, something complimentary uh, for helping them push their business. So go see them. They're doing a great job. Also... Brett Venable at Cairo Med. He is going to be coming on also November 1. He's been working with a lot of Cajun athletes. He's got so many different connections that names that all of you guys would recognize. We're working with him to start getting his name out there. Um, you will see some official promotion at the beginning of November, like I said. But we just we really want to shine some light on local businesses that support Rage and Review, yes, but guys that are, number one, Affecting the program in a positive way, people that want to be associated with U Athletics, people that put their money where their mouth is, show up to the games, show up to the events, help Crew Law, help RCAF, help everything that we need to continue to fund all the different uh, initiatives and uh, athletic programs that are going to make us nationally recognizable, push the brand across the land like we've always said. 
These are the people you want to support. These are the people that support Raging Review. I just wanted to come on and say that uh, not only are they great businesses, they're great people. Jerry and I got a chance to meet with Brett for lunch. We had a good hour and a half conversation. Good, solid guy. He really has Lafayette at the forefront of everything he does. Uh, and also, he's just a fantastic and very talented um, like chiropractor. So continue to support these folks. Continue to look them up when you need something. Go see Miss Phyllis at Absolutely. Uh, of course, continue to patronize Gordon for at least another month, right? Uh, patronize Gordon. Patronize Darren over at Lafayette Roofing. Uh, patronize. If you need anything in the oil and gas industry, call up Chris. He's got a wealth of knowledge. Anything that you need done, he can help you out. He's got the connections. Continue to support the patronize, uh, to patronize the, the sponsors that patronize Rage and Review and help Rage and Cajun Athletics succeed. Well, thank you for that, Josh, and thank you to all our sponsors and new sponsors coming on board. We look forward to it. It's you guys that make our podcast uh, keep going, and um, the help has been great. The support's been great. As Josh mentioned, we try to go after local businesses that that understand the value of our university as well as our athletics program and our, our branding, and uh, for everybody that's jumped on board, we, we thank you and, and very excited to continue our relationships and and hopefully we can make new ones as, as we go on. So with that being said, again, thanks, Josh, for that information. Um, looking forward to these new relationships. So let's get to it. So the Cajuns are coming off a bye, and they pulled off a huge comeback win against Texas State two weeks ago. I have to ask you guys something. Would you say that the bye came at a good time, or did you feel like after that Texas State win – we could have gotten another game and to continue momentum. Like, what do you, I, I think it came at a perfect time because we're six games through. We're right. Perfect way. Halfway through the season. Uh, we get two weeks off. You get the, I think it was important. What was more important besides obviously winning that game against Texas state was the fact that you won that game going away with a bye week. So you could kind of get a week to kind of rest up and go play a really good Georgia state team. That's coming to Lafayette uh, in just a few days. I, I thought, it would have been a lot worse losing that game to Texas State, being three and three, going into a, to two weeks after a loss than what we experienced. Believe it or not, it was pretty much an all or nothing scenario. And luckily, coming out on top, we get we had a week off and we get a, a little bit of rest, let our players kind of heal up a little bit. So I, I personally thought the bye came at a perfect time with the situation that we were in beating Texas State. What do you guys think? No, I agree with you. You took the words out of my mouth. I mean, that's everything I would have said. Um, and especially since, look, that that was an ugly game in some aspects as far as the turnovers, the the penalties. Here we go again, right? So they have two weeks to clear that up. Um, now, look, we've been complaining about this for two seasons. Will two weeks make a difference? I don't know. But I would rather, like you said, go in with a win into the bye week and have those two weeks to clean things up rather than us going into a bye week, having to clean that up and having to build up a little bit of momentum in our heads to go into uh, the homecoming game against Georgia State. So, no, I think I think I like the the six games by six games. It kind of gives you that pause in the middle of the season and, and kind of regroup and, and get your get yourself re recollect yourself and your thoughts and 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 you know um again try to clean up some of those mistakes that you've been seeing uh for the first six games of the season i think within the context of where the season is yeah you want it kind of in the middle somewhere because it typically helps you heal up and whatnot but i have a different view of it this time i think that over the last two years we've beaten ourselves so many times in so many different ways you shoot yourselves in the foot with penalties or bonehead, you know, mistakes, latent games, bad play calling, whatever the case may be. 
I thought it was really encouraging to come back and win a game that you probably didn't deserve to win um, by, by digging yourself out of a hole late in the game. I would have preferred to play the game with Georgia State this week, or, you know, last week, because of the momentum, because of, you know, you felt good about yourself. You, you, take, so, you take so many positives from a game like that. I, I didn't. And the other thing is that we're healthy. We're remarkably healthy if you stop and think about it. I saw that Caleb Anderson wasn't on the depth chart that was released today. Outside of that, I don't know if there's any, you know, noteworthy names that aren't playing. I know that Dre Washington's kind of been up and down with his health, but to this point, I think he's fine. Uh, so, I, yeah, no, I, 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 in my opinion, I think I would have preferred to play Georgia State coming off the win, like that very next week with, with uh, Texas State, just because of what it meant to the team to dig themselves out of a hole. Uh, I never feel bad about a, a buy. You know, of course, you get extra time to prep. You get extra time to study. Also, the the, the opposing team is on the road playing a, a football game against a good team in Marshall. Um, and we can talk about that game if you guys want. But, you know, that's a physical game. Anytime you play a Marshall, that's a physical, physical game. I don't know how healthy they came out of the game because I didn't really dig into it. Um, but that's got to be a step in the right direction for the Cajuns when you talk about who's going to be healthy, who's going to be ready to play. We're going to be prepared. We're going to be healthy. All those things are good for us. Uh, but just just the momentum aspect of it, guys, just like, you know, that's an emotional win. It's a big win. Yeah. I, I think I, I would have preferred I, to play right after. And you and know what? Before I'll, you go, Jerry. Yeah, go ahead. One of the things that I'm thinking of while I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you talk, Josh, is that I said you had two weeks to, to clean up the, the mistakes. A lot of the time, and I don't know if this is how Des runs it, but a lot of the time, they don't actually practice for two weeks. They they will take the full week off and then get back into game mode. So to your point, I don't know if it necessarily benefits us for the two weeks of preparation because they may not have looked at any game tape for an entire week. I mean, they they watched the Georgia State game, but I don't know uh, that that would be great to know on whether or not they even had a week of practice, you know, two full weeks of practice, which I, I, I'm thinking now they probably didn't. So I don't know how much of a, a difference that really made. Yeah, Nick, I think they I think they were off Monday, Tuesday, and they went easy Wednesday, I think is what I heard Tim say. Um, who's that? Andy just said that Pierce Meagle is out too. I think Pierce has been limited for the last few weeks. So yeah, yeah. I don't know how much that limits the offense. I mean, obviously Pierce is a is a key piece, but I still say, I mean, going into what we're going into week six or we just played six. Yeah, we're going into week seven. Yeah. And we're we are extremely healthy, all things considered. This is a team that had cluster injuries on the offensive line. And the year before that, cluster injuries on the, the wide receiver and then linebacker and core. I mean, all things considered, we are super healthy. I think what makes it great, too, is the fact that, and I don't know if it was the Sun Belt being nice to us, but we haven't had a, a weekday game that's thrown our schedule off. Every game we've played has been on Saturday, and then the bye followed that on a Saturday. Because if you look at some of these teams, you have a bye, then you play on a Tuesday, then a Saturday, and then the following week on a Thursday. And it hasn't, our schedule has been pretty consistent based on what the schedule has given us. And I think that's important as well, because that routine kind of stays the same. I, I, usually in the past, especially with the way our schedule has fallen, we've played, we'll play on a Tuesday, get a buy, and then get a buy the, that Saturday and then play a following Saturday and then play a Thursday and then get a buy and then play a Saturday. And it just, it throws your routine and schedule off. And to your point, Josh, about injuries, I think that also helps with the fact that our schedule is just more consistent, right? Where every game has been on Saturday, because this year we only have one, one Thursday night game. 
I think that's actually been beneficial to us. And I think it's beneficial to us. I know it sounds small, but it's beneficial to us this particular week coming off that Texas state win, you know, having that one week where you, you know, you're getting a week off and then going into, to uh, Georgia state. Cause I got to tell you guys, I know we're focusing on Georgia state, but you know, after you play Georgia state, the rest of the season, in the rest of the schedule, it's all Sunbelt Western Division games. So every single game from here on out, including this one, is going to be important. And it's going to be one week at a time. And every single game is going to count in some kind of way on how we finish in the conference and whether or not it gives us a shot to actually play in the in the championship on December 2nd. And I think you get an extra advantage when you have, an, you have a bye and then you play at home. Oh, yeah. So, so we're oh, at yeah. home. We're rested. We're sleeping in our own beds for a few weeks. Do I hate the fact that we had a bye right before Georgia State? Absolutely not. Would I have preferred to have played the game quicker? Yeah, just only because of the momentum and what it meant to the players. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. On the other hand, you know, Georgia State, they played their tails off against Marshall. And, and look, kudos to them on the win. But, you know, it makes me wonder. It's kind of a, a catch-22. Is it good that you play a game like that against Marshall while we got a bye? Or is that bad? You know, it, it's it's a it's kind of a... It's a tough it's a tough scenario to really look at whether or not it, there's pros and cons to it. Well, I can tell you this. I, I Des and I were texting as Georgia State was playing. He was at some event for uh, Maggard's daughter. So he he wasn't able to watch the game like he wanted to. He was taping the game and he was going to watch it after. But him and I were texting and he said, uh, I said, Coach, you know, do we want Georgia State off a win or do we want Georgia State off a loss? And he said, we always want them off a win. We want to kill the energy when they walk in the building. And I love it. And I think the same. To me, you want an opponent that feels good about themselves because they're not walking in with that, you know, you know, you feel bad about yourself. You want to climb out. You, you have that extra motivation to win. Right. When you win, you're walking in with a maybe a false sense of superiority. Maybe you, you feel better about yourself than you should. You know, you're susceptible to that uppercut. You know what I mean? I, I, I prefer I always prefer playing a team off a win. And plus, you got Sean Elliott over there who shows his ass every game and acts like, you know, he's this big, bad bulldog trying to get everybody fired up. So he'd be even more obnoxious after a loss trying to get him fired up. So I'm kind of glad that they're coming in with a win. Maybe it'll he'll tone it down a little bit. He won't, but, um, so you know, maybe. Anyways, I don't know. But look, coming off the bye, so let's let's move on to Georgia State. So again, two weeks ago, Kate just get a big win against Texas State. They, we get a bye week, celebrate the win, maybe a little – uh, extra this time but now time to get back to work cajuns homecoming saturday night cajun field seven o'clock kickoff espnu second straight home game on national television and of course there's a lot of homecoming festivities surrounding this but let's talk a little bit about the georgia state panthers before we talk about homecoming because we do have a lot of things happening whether it's the hall of fame inductions the parade we'll talk about that after but I want to talk a little bit about Georgia State. We've always said going into the season, and Josh, you and I have talked about this in the past, Georgia State has always, they're kind of like Texas State where you just know they have talent, but they haven't really fully shown it. I think this season has been a year where they've they've pretty much displayed the potential that they've always had. Uh, they have a 5-1 and one record. Uh, as you all know, they're led by head coach Sean Elliott, who is 39 and 39. He's had some respectable seasons there. He's been to a few bowl games. He's won a few bowl games there. Uh, Georgia State comes in with a lot of momentum after that win against Marshall last week. They beat him 41 to 24. Let's talk a little bit about Georgia State. So, first of all, 
the Cajuns are undefeated against them. I believe they are 6-0, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, first meeting in 2013, last meeting in 2021. So Georgia State's going to be coming in with a little bit of extra motivation to get that first win against Louisiana. Um, so Georgia State right now, 5-1 and one record, 2-1 and one in conference. Uh, wins against Rhode Island, UConn, Charlotte, um, Marshall, as well as Coastal Carolina. Their one loss was to Troy at home. Uh, right now, Georgia State averages a little under 33 points a game. They are averaging 422 yards of total offense, which puts them at 47th in the country, as opposed to Louisiana, which is, uh, I believe they are, the Cajuns are 27th in the country in total offense, averaging uh, 448 yards per game. Uh, Georgia State, uh, they average their, they have, really good time of possession they're very similar to texas state uh they move the ball well up tempo offense they spread it out they can run the ball um they are a very very high octane offense that i think our defense is going to have to show up and play and stop to have a chance to beat them uh some of their key players senior quarterback darren granger so far uh 113 completions 165 passing attempts 1421 passing yards so far Eight touchdowns, two interceptions. He has 237 passing yards per game. Uh, in the rushing side of, of things, Georgia State is led by senior running back number 23, Marcus Carroll. He is going to be somebody we will have to stop to have a chance to beat them. He's got 143 carries, 742 rushing yards with 10 touchdowns. That's 742 rushing yards, guys eighth in FBS in rushing yards. So he is a top 10 running back and he brings a lot to the table with that offense, averaging 124 yards per game. Uh, receiving core, they're very much like the Cajuns. They love to spread it out. Darren Granger loves to air it out to different receivers, which one of which are led by Redshirt Jr. Number one, Robert Lewis, 30 receptions, 536 yards. Uh, or receiving yards, 18 yards per catch, 89 receiving yards per game, and five touchdowns. So he's pretty much going to be that guy, that that one check he's going to go to first. And there's Redshirt Jr., number 16, Talik Williams, 21 receptions, 397 yards receiving, 19 yards per catch, 66 receiving yards per game, and three touchdowns. And also Redshirt Jr., number nine, Jakari Carter, 21 receptions, 155 yards, seven yards per catch, and 26 receiving yards per game. Defensively, inside linebacker John Trey Hunter, redshirt senior. He is number one, 28 solo tackles, two tackles for losses, two forced fumbles. Uh, they're also led by redshirt junior inside linebacker, number 48, Justin Abraham, uh, 22 solo tackles, 5.5 tackles for losses, and also, two guys in the secondary to keep an eye on, seniors, uh, senior Taiji Leach, 25 solo tackles, 4.5 tackles for loss, one interception, and senior cornerback number three, Gavin Pringle, 17 solo tackles, four tackles for loss, and two interceptions. So, so those are some of the skill guys to keep an eye on for Georgia State. Both sides of the ball, they're very physical. They're very fast. They've got a lot of great skill position players, uh, and they're and, and they're very much like the Cajuns. Uh, to me, this game is going to come down to execution. They are, again, a high octane offense. They score points, and they're up tempo, very much like Texas State. They, I think, they have they average twenty eight minutes in time of possession per game, so they move the ball quickly. I watched some of their highlights. They can score, and they can score fast. So 
lot of similarities on on keys to victory. We'll talk about that uh, in a few minutes, but just wanted to give some of those stats about Georgia State going into this game. I said it about Texas State, and I'll say it about Georgia State. This is not your mom and dad's Georgia State Panthers. They are a very, very good football team. Yeah, they always play us tough, too. Um, so so regardless if we're 6-0 against them or not, uh, they're going to come and bring their best their best shot against us. Where I think I see an opportunity for us is that defensively they do give up yards. So I feel like we have an opportunity. It's almost like you have to pass to open up the run. I think if we do that, then we're going to have a good shot of outpacing them offensively. Uh, but again, they're going to get their yards. So uh, it's going to, it's going to, hopefully it doesn't get into a shootout type of situation. Um, we'll need to stop them on a couple drives. Again, our, our special teams was better last week, which was encouraging. They're going to have to do that again. They're going to have to pin these guys back and not give them great field position. Uh, so I think, look, if, if we, if we do what we can do offensively, I think we're going to be in good shape, but we've got to cut. I, I, look, we can, we're going to go through the three keys of the game later. I'm sure, but it, we, we got to stop turning the ball over and making stupid penalties. Uh, you know, that that's, if we do that, continue to do that, and, and we did it against Texas State, we were lucky to get out of that game with a win. But if you keep doing that, it's going to catch up with you. And, and so th this is the week we really have to start getting better in that phase of the game. I think it's an interesting matchup because if you look at the stats, Georgia State, like, for example, the Cajuns are seventh in FBS in rushing yards. Georgia State's, I want to say they're 26th in rush defense. So – in many ways, there's certain key elements and certain key factors. If we play our a good run rushing attack and we're able to penetrate their front seven in spite of them being in the top 30 in rushing defense, I like our chances. Plus, they're 124th in passing defense. So to me, Zeon, this is one of his games where he's going to have to utilize his arm. I know they're going to try to contain him and not really let him get out the pocket. So this is an opportunity for him to show off his passing game. And look, just like Georgia State, we like to spread the ball around. We like to give different receivers and a few different tight ends, you know, some receptions. This is going to be a game where I think that Louisiana can really spread it out in the passing game and, and utilize maybe some of the weaknesses that Georgia State secondary may have and allow Zion to kind of have uh, a good game in the air rather than just always having to use his feet as, as kind of a backup plan. Well, look, if you got a spy on them, that open up opens up an opportunity in the passing game. So absolutely. Yeah. You no know, doubt. let let's see what let's see what game plan they bring and, and see how we adjust to it. But I'm with Andy there, man. Uh they they did that that set it off hype video. I mean, did they not <laughs> learn from the from the week before? And look, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on this, Josh. I know you you posted this on on X or Twitter or whatever it's called now, but the band has got to play set it off and if it's a monetary thing i will buy the score um, hopefully it's not that expensive but if they need me to buy the score i will donate that to the university if we need to do that but uh the, you know this is one of those organic things that that it's going to be legendary one day if we go two straight games where they're doing hype videos with set it off and we beat those teams we got to have the band playing it and, and that's like a missed opportunity it's like on SpongeBob, the meme, you know, or the GIF. How many times do we have to teach her this lesson, old Did man? Did you not learn, you know? bro? Did like, you not learn? We got a win two weeks ago from the same thing, and yet you're playing it. I mean, look, if you want to play it again, hey, that's that's on you. It's like the the Falcons with Rise Up. I mean, <laughs> they haven't risen up since <laughs> the first Neverary, so I don't know no. why they keep saying that. 
look, I don't, I don't want to say anything for bulletin board material, but if, if we're being honest here, it's just it's just us two, us three, right? I mean, no, 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 nobody's nobody's watching. Well, first of all, if they're using a podcast for bulletin board material, they got bigger issues. Well, I mean, I think we probably outnumber their fans here in the pod. I mean, it's bad. It's you remember bad. the money drop in the old uh, whatever the nest or whatever they called it, where they had like yes. a thousand students show up and they drop money from the ceiling. That so, was awesome. I, I do remember that, Nick. That's hilarious. Um, I I think that it's very simple. If we stay on the field on third down, we blow them away, and that's that's I, I think it's that simple. We will run the football on them because they play that speed zone. They play they play that soft speed zone. They're going to rely on speed. They don't think we can break tackles, which we do. And Zion, Zion's going to be able to put the ball in play over the middle without question. They will try to avoid the big play. They will try to avoid getting the top field off. And there will be 8 to 12 yard, I mean, seam routes, slant routes, whatever you want to call it. If we run some drags. It'll be there. I don't... It's a Sean Elliott coach team, man. They're up and down. They're just like their coach. They're too emotional. Granger's the same way. Look, Go look at his stats against Troy. They've played, You, if you really want to get down into the nitty-gritty, if, if it hasn't come across, I'm not worried about Georgia State, okay? Look at the schedule. Rhode Island took them to the wire where Georgia State literally had to, I mean, they had to play for their life for the last eight minutes of that game against Rhode Island, all right? Now, I know Rhode Island's a decent team in the FCS, but that should never happen to a good uh, FBS team, ever. Connecticut, not a good football team. That was a two-score game late in the fourth quarter. Georgia State scored late to, to run away with it. Georgia State and Charlotte was a barn burner up until the last couple of minutes. If you guys remember watching the end of that game, I certainly do because I was thinking to myself, once again, Georgia State has a ton of talent and Charlotte's about to knock them off. Thank goodness they got away with a win there. Now, they went and beat Coastal, and you can say what you want about Coastal. I still think they're the same team they've always been. They're fraudulent, all right? Coastal had a lot of turnover, new head coach, new offensive coordinator. You know, uh, McCall was kind of banged up early in the season. They, 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 they just didn't look like the same team that they look like now. And I still don't think they're all that good. But Georgia State, give them credit, they did win that game. They, went, they won it handily, and the final score is a little bit more out of pocket than it actually is, but that was a pretty good game. Now, they played a good team in Troy. Now, Troy is not as good as we thought they were going to be. They're a little up and down as well. But Troy absolutely demolished Georgia State. They actually won the time of possession in that game, and Georgia State turned the football over a little bit late in the game to really put it on ice. But Troy shut them out in the second half. It, it, a good offense doesn't get shut out in the second half. Marshall and Georgia State, okay? That was the last game. I know we all watched this. It was 24-27 in the fourth quarter. Georgia State got a couple of late touchdowns because of some really boneheaded Marshall mistakes. Yes, I understand they got one loss on the year, and yes, I understand they're talented and they're fast. I get it. They are senior-laden. Granger is a much more uh, disciplined quarterback this year. He's making less mistake, fewer mistakes. I'll give him that. I still feel like he's underperforming in places. I still feel like the guy possesses so much more talent than he shows on the field. He still makes young mistakes as a senior can we exploit those mistakes is Lamar going to come in with a game plan that's aggressive or is he going to lay back like he did against TJ Finley for the love of God I hope he doesn't play that zone again because it put us in positions we should have never been in in the first place 
We are fast enough. We are physical enough. We are good enough in the secondary to match up against Georgia State uh, on the outside. Granger is not accurate enough to exploit a man-to-man coverage. I just don't think he is. But you know what scares me, Josh? Sorry, Jerry. But you know what scares me is the fact that if if we start doing the crap that we did against Buffalo, where you're up by three touchdowns and then you start doing stupid stuff, that the team, like you said, they're up and down emotionally. If they start getting up and they they get a little bit of momentum behind them and they think they can actually come back and win, that's when I think we're we're in trouble if that happens. So that's why I'm going to stick by. We got to cut out the mistakes because if you give a team that lives off of emotion the opportunity to have positive emotion, then then it, that spells trouble for you. And then again, if if you drop in a zone and now you're you're playing prevent defense, we see what happens week after week in the NFL and in college when they start that crap. So we have got to limit those mistakes because you got a team that lives off of momentum and and uh, the rah rah stuff, and and we we got to take them out of the game early and keep them out of the game. Don't let them come back in. And also, too, to your point, Josh, about containing Granger. Look, this is you know, T.J. Finley doesn't run. He is a pass first run if it's his last resort type quarterback. Granger has designed plays where he's lined up in the five wide and he'll take off running. So the defense is, I don't know what type of defensive plan uh, Lamar has in stock, but they're going to have to not only get ready for a good rushing attack in, in Carroll or a good passing attack, but they're going to have to key in on Granger because he could take, they have designed plays where he could just take off running. I mean, he scores, he scores long touchdown runs and he has scored long touchdown runs this year from taking off and so whether we have a spy whether we play a little more aggressive and try to put pressure on him you're not going to be able to play soft soft zone on on a quarterback like that if he has the wheels that he has and he could just take off and go I agree and and I think that I understand that was part of the game plan last week and it's hard to argue against a game plan when you walk out with the W so I'm not going to try to do that did I love it no do I love it when we play soft zone when we're up by three touchdowns? No, I hate it. The reason why we got the lead in the first place is because we were aggressive. This is an aggressive attacking style personnel that we have on this team. I don't know why you would ever neuter them and take them out of that mentality. I still i am struggling to figure that out with Lamar. Now, we won last week. We overcame our own mistakes. We overcame our game plan, in my view. We won the game. It doesn't necessarily mean we've eliminated the decision-making and we've eliminated the, the penalties and all that stuff. Come back and do it again. Come back and show me you can do it again. It's homecoming. You're going to have a crowd. Do we get to 23-24? Hey, maybe. It's supposed to be nice on Saturday. You never know. But I think they're going to be engaged. It's an event. Lafayette does show up for an event, so I, I do feel good about the possibility of having a good, raucous crowd that stays. Use it to your advantage. Stay on the field. I... I I'm very convicted in this. If we win time of possession and we're 50% on third down, we win the game by two scores. I understand that Granger can run. I also understand that Lamar knows he can run. If the, if you make them one-dimensional, they're not staying on the field. They're not controlling the football. That's what we got to do. So, you know, I tried to give away an, an Apple TV and nobody wanted it apparently because we didn't have enough people in the stands. Give me a number of attendance for this week's game for homecoming. That if we hit, I give away an Apple TV. What is it? Is it 23? Is it 25? What are we talking about? 25K. 
It's homecoming in Lafayette on a perfect day. I don't know what TSAB's doing. Don't care what they're doing. I still don't think that's an excuse. I don't think streaming's an excuse. I don't think anything's an excuse. Uh, somebody put out a piece this, uh, I think it was like two days ago or maybe yesterday, that was a lot of regurgitation of all the things we've always talked about, but they completely ignored the fact that we just totally abuse our students. And the students are the absolute grassroots foundation of the fan base. Get the fans, the, get, the, get the students out, get the youth out, you know, as they say, get the youth out. And they will encourage more participation. If we get 20,000 and we're raucous, we can impact the game. I think that 25 is a reasonable uh, barometer. I don't think it's a good expectation. I expect to get 22 and a half, maybe three, 23. That's what I think. Well, there you go. 25, you get an Apple. Somebody gets an Apple TV. 25, I'm, I'm 25 trying to give would away. be something important. Yeah. I will. I want to give it away. Make me give Make me give it away. Tell your mom and them. Go to the game. But going back to the game, Carroll's had some big games against bad defenses. I'm not saying the guy's a bum. I'm just saying that, look, this is the Sun Belt, okay? We're the, I think we're the top G5 football conference in America. However, I think a lot of teams are on the same footing. I think that, that Texas State's a good football team the way I think that Georgia State's a good football team the way I think Louisiana's a good football team. Now, Southern Miss is a dumpster fire, and that's a whole other conversation. But for the majority of the league, we're very equal in talent, quality coaching. I think across the board, we're quality football teams. I, Georgia State does not scare me. Again, I think it comes down to a couple of details. Stay on the field on third down, and I think we win the game going away. I really think that. They're gonna give up game. They're gonna give up big chunk plays. We don't typically do that unless we're up by forty. We don't typically get, typically give up big chunk plays. They do. We're going to. Zion has an opportunity to have one of those big games that really stands out. And I think that's this is the defense that you got to do it on, and this is the stage that you got to do it on. Homecoming, ESPNU, prime time. The guys have got to be excited about this game. If you can't get up for this, I don't know what you're gonna get up for. So we've talked, we've analyzed this game. We've talked about it. Uh, let's get down to keys to victory. Uh, Josh, I'll start with you. What are your three keys to victory over Georgia State this weekend? Special teams has to play a B-plus game, number one. Number two, win third down. We got to be 50% or better on third down. If we don't win on third down, we're not going to stay on the field, and then they will control time of possession, and they will score. That To me, that is the absolute key to the game. No question. Uh, number three, let's get out of this mentality of soft zone, 10-yard cushions on the outside, trying to keep everything in the middle. Let's get out of that. We know, we know that Sean Elliott is a heady coach. Now, I made a comment about how he's up and down and he's emotional. He is. But X's and O's, the guy knows he knows what he's doing, and he's got a good staff. He's got a competent staff. They're going to watch the ODU film, okay? They're going to see what they did to spread them out. Georgia State has comparable, if not much better, receivers on the outside. I expect them to use the entire field offensively. You got to be, you got to go into the game expecting that, and I expect Lamar to be able to do that. So, understand the game plan is going to going to be to spread you out. Cut the soft zone stuff. Stop giving up eight and nine yards on first down because of it. Go out and be aggressive on defense. Jam somebody at the line. Don't be scared to stick your nose in it. And maybe they beat us over the top. I would be willing to accept the fact that Granger might beat us over the top a couple of times 
to be able to be the aggressor on defense. I think we win the game by being the aggressor on defense. That's my three. Nick? Yeah, I think, um, obviously, I said it earlier, special teams has got to, and I agree, a B-plus game. We don't need them to be perfect. We just don't need them to be a liability. So we need special teams to do their job. We need to cut out the mistakes. That includes turnovers and penalties. I think that's going to be big for us. And then limit them on third down because I think they're a good third down team. And I think, like Josh said, they're they're going to beat us over the top maybe a couple times. But if you get in a position where you've got them third and long, we've got to stop them. We we can't let them convert when when we have the opportunity to stop them in a third and long position. So those to me are, are the three big keys to uh, to the game this Saturday. Very nice. So I'll give you my three real quickly. So I think number one is win the turnover battle. Uh, you know, we've gone inside the red zone a few times. We fumbled the ball. You cannot make mistakes like that against these type of teams who can score at will and capitalize off your mistakes on, on a following drive. So when we get inside the red zone, don't fumble the football. Running backs, hold on to the ball, get into the end zone, or at least get a field goal. Get something, get some points off of that drive in spite of whether or not it's a touchdown or a field goal. So don't turn the ball over. Win the turnover battle. Uh, I think the second key is, like you guys said, look, whether it's converting third downs or uh, being disciplined and sustaining drives, you got to keep Georgia State's offense off the field. Just like Texas State, they have low time of possession, but they score quickly. They score on big plays. And you got to make their offense earn everything. If they start dinking and doinking on you offensively and, and they have to earn it, I'd rather them have to go on a 15-play drive and score like that because it throws them off of their groove and eventually you're going to be able to capitalize on, on some key opportunities like we did against Texas state in the second half. So don't let their offense, you know, we don't, don't give up the big play, make them earn every yard and do your best to when it's third down, get them off the field. And then on offense, try to uh, extend drives and just do what you can to, uh, to kind of get their offense out of a groove. And uh, my third uh, key to victory is score early. Set the tone early, score early. They're going to be able to score on you early. We're going to have to score on them early and, and just show them, look, our offense, you may be a good offense, but so are we. And I think being at home, uh, having some momentum and, and being able to exploit some opportunities on their defense, I think we can do that. So, uh, yeah, score early and and set the tone. And, and, you know, if you're able to keep their offense off the field and offense keeps rolling, who knows? Being at home and I don't know if Georgia State has been in that type of predicament where they have to come from behind. You know, maybe it can turn into to a, a more of a convincing uh, deficit for for the Cajuns or a convincing lead for the Cajuns, more of a convincing deficit for Georgia State. And, and you know what? What I think is also going to play into it. I know this sounds silly, but if the students turn out and and my boy, I see my boy Doug Edwards here. Georgia State is a kind of team. That will pay attention to the students behind them. Oh, they'll and turn around back and forth. Right. They will They're turn around chatter back yes. and forth. Yes. So I think, you know, that is sometimes that plays to your advantage when when you're the home team and you got a rowdy crowd behind them because they're the kind of guys, like I said, that'll that'll try to chirp back and then it gets personal and then people's feelings get hurt. So that'll be interesting to watch too. I, I hope they uh Doug and his buddies down there and and uh, Alex give them hell. That'll be uh that'll be fun. Insult yes. their families, make them angry. Hey, <laughs> learn, can I get learn, an honorable? Learn their girlfriend's honorable names. Mention? Go yeah, ahead, yes. got, man. Phone names, dox them, and everything. Um, just kidding, but not. Um, there's a couple of tight ends that had some big games against Georgia State. So, I know where this is going. Neil Johnson. I know throw where it to this the is tight going. end. Throw it to the tight end. I mean, hey, 
He said it twice. <laughs> Say it one more time. One more time. Throw it to the damn tight end. You if go. you want to win, throw it to the tight end. If you want to win, throw it to the tight end. That's Josh's new jingle. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> That's a good point, though. No, it's a good point. And, and really, to, to, to that point, our offense flourishes when we spread the ball around. Uh, you know, the, the last two or three games that we've won, you've seen, whether it's receivers, running backs, or tight ends, the more receptions players get, the better chance we have to win and the more points we score. So, no, the more you throw to the tight end, that's that's one extra thing that Georgia State's defense has to study for on top of Zion, on top of our three or four running backs, on top of our, our receiving core. So, yeah, no, I'm with you, Josh. Throw it and to Jerry, the tight end. Just, just to kind of believe, you know, the thing about Zion is he gets praised for so many different things, but one thing that he doesn't get praised enough for me, in my opinion, is that the man spreads the football around. Every game he plays, you got seven, eight, nine receivers catching catching passes. It's young receivers too. It's young receivers. I mean, the guy's yeah. a freshman and he's surveying the field, using the entire field. I think at this point in the season, you know, he has gotten to a point where you have got to respect the entire arsenal that's out there. You got to respect the running back out of the out of the backfield. You got to respect the tight end in the flat. You got to respect the possession receivers like like Robinson and uh, and uh, Robertson and uh, and Pete. And you got to respect the guys that, you know, like your third down guys and your slant guys like uh, like Jacob Bernard. We have weapons that are proven. And Zeon doesn't, they don't, you know, we don't talk enough about the fact that he does a great job spreading the football around. It's amazing that we got an hour into the show and didn't even talk about Zeon, really. Um, I, I think he's poised to have just one of his games. His games go out there, you know, one, two read if it's not there. If you get to the third, if you don't, take off and run. Look, Georgia State is fast, but they're not that physical, all right? I, there's a lot of opportunity out there to get some big chunk plays. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. And how Go do ahead, you Nick. how do you game plan defensively for someone like Zion? Because he can beat you with his legs, and if he doesn't beat you with his legs, he'll beat you with his arm. And if he doesn't beat you with his legs or his arm, one of our running backs will. Beat you with I, their legs. So I think a lot of these defensive coordinators think he's just going to go out and make make mistakes. Yeah. If you stop, they you if you watch the tape, it's a lot of aggression early, and then lately they've been kind of respecting him. If you if you watch what Texas State did late in that game, they respected him. They backed up. I think that he is he has made his groove. He's made his mark, and people now have to respect him, which completely changes the game plan on offense. It yep. opens up the field. I think this is the first time that you're going to see a re, a defense actually react to all of the different tools and skill set that he has. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And I think this week is an opportunity to do that because again, when, when, <laughs> when, when Georgia state is giving up an average of 301 yards passing, and that includes against teams like UConn and Rhode Island and Charlotte. I mean, look, we've, we've played better defenses and we've thrown the ball. Well, I mean, even against Minnesota, we threw the ball pretty well, especially in the first half. So this is a great opportunity, especially guys like Harvey Broussard and maybe like a Jake Bernard who may not get as many touches as he has before. This is an opportunity for those guys to step up, especially now that we're in the deep crunch of conference play, because you're going to need those guys after this week and the following week and the week after that. This is a week where I think a lot of our receivers who may not get as many receptions to really have a coming out party and 
carry some momentum going into you know deeper into conference play and look I, you know i'm a big dalen cambry fan and after what he did last week on that block punt i'm expecting big things from him again this week so yeah. uh come on dalen make make it happen baby we need well, another block punt this this week absolutely Nick, dalen heard us talking about special teams and he he in one play he made special teams go from a c minus to an a plus there you go so shout out to dalen because it changed the season Oh, Truly. absolutely. Four and two and three and three. That's a completely different season. We're talking exactly. about a completely different out outcome and a completely different ending. So yep. shout out to Dalen. Hey, look, use that as a jumping off point to come out and make special teams a strength of this team. You see what happens when you're a friend of the pod? Good things come to you, right? If just they just saying. listen to us more often, I man. mean, if they yeah. just listen to what we say, <laughs> we'd be undefeated. <laughs> we're, we're after your best interest, guys. But no, it's a good point. And, and, and Dalen making that play, I... You know, we didn't. We, we talked about it after the, in the post game, and we haven't been, uh, a, you know, talking about football as much over the last two weeks. But that that block punt to me, if things keep going on the upper trajectory at, like they are and continue to to grow, you know, and, and we're able to finish the season strong, possibly go into a conference championship game, you can look back at that block punt and say that could have been a huge stepping stone slash turning point that uh that that escalated this season um you know with momentum so um that was to me i mean obviously that was the play of the game that turned the momentum around that turned everything around uh even when we were getting the ball back you kind of thought okay we still need to score we need to march down the field but gosh don't make a mistake don't turn the ball over we turned the ball over a few times i mean after he blocked the punt i was like we're going to win this game but i think that's the we're difference between this year and last year because i don't know if it was i think it was against troy or I think it was against Troy where we blocked a punt and, and we ended up losing the game. Whereas this, and we found a, I should say we found a way to lose the game last year, but at the block punt this year really turned the game in our favor. So I think that's where you're starting to see the difference between last year and this year and the progression of the teams under Des. And look, we said earlier this season, we're going to get better as the season progresses and we continue to see ourselves get better as the, as the season progresses. So uh, looking for big things for uh, the special teams getting better. They got to continue to progress as, as do the rest of the units on the team. No doubt about it. So uh, again, Cajuns host the Georgia State Panthers this Saturday, 7 p.m. kickoff on ESPNU National Television. Homecoming. Lots of events happening this week. And let's talk a little bit about homecoming. You know, it's all, every time we have homecoming, there's a lot of festivities going on around town. A lot of pride in the university. Uh, if you notice, they've done uh, the paint the town red. A lot of local businesses stepping in, decorating their offices, decorating their their buildings with uh, full of UL merch, full of UL decorations. Uh, There's certain schools out there that were that that were uh, getting in the contest, singing the fight song, teaching the students the fight song. I wish every school was doing that here, but you know, hey, you take what you can get. Uh, you've got. We've got Yell Like Hell tomorrow night at Blackham at 6.30. We've got uh, the Bill Bass Golf Tournament. Uh, I believe it's on Friday at 12. Uh, we've got uh, a few social gatherings, few get-togethers all over town to celebrate homecoming. And, of course, uh, the homecoming parade at 3 p.m. at Cajun Field. So if you want to get out there early and get some tailgating, be sure to uh, stick around at 3 o'clock. Remember, the homecoming parade now passes through Cajun Field's parking lot. I believe it starts at by Blackham around that area. And uh, you'll see a lot of the Greeks with their floats. You'll see the Pride of Acadiana marching band. You'll see uh, the Hall of Fame inductees. And of course, 
why not mention the Holland Hall of Fame induction will be this Friday night. It will be at Warehouse 535, which is on 535 Garfield Street. I want to give a congrats to the following uh, Hall of Fame inductees, which include uh, football star Terrell Finroy is getting inducted, uh, softball great Lexi Elkins, men's tennis great Tarek El Saka, baseball legend, of course, our boy from Kinder, Mr. Blake Trahan, one of the grinders, uh, men's track and field star Wendell Dobson, uh, legendary golf coach, Coach Bob Bass, uh, legendary men's basketball coach, Coach Bobby Pascal, and of course, Mr. Dan McDonald, sports information extraordinaire, all getting inducted into the UL Hall of Fame. We want to congratulate all these Hall of Fame inductees and wish them well. And look, this is your weekend. Celebrate it. You've earned it. And thank you for representing this university and putting all the hard work in to make or create a legacy for our athletic program. And again, congratulations to all the Hall of Fame inductees. Once again, Terrell Finroy, Lexi Elkins, Tarek El Saka, Blake Trahan, Wendell Dobson, Bob Bass, Bobby Pascal, and Dan McDonald going into the Hall of Fame. So that is one event that I always look forward to, um, usually for homecoming, all the new Hall of Fame inductees, a lot of people that we know, right? Some of which are friends, uh, some of which are friends of the pod, some of which are friends, just personal friends. Uh, Nick, I know for you, you've seen a lot of these uh, former athletes. They've, you know, they come, they come to the university, you don't expect much, and all of a sudden uh, they make a name for themselves. And before you know it, we're talking about them getting into the Hall of Fame. I so, mean, uh, I was just looking. One of the things that came up on my memories a couple of weeks ago was when Tyrell broke the or, or set a record for I don't know if it was number of yards against ULM or number of touchdown, whatever it was against ULM. He got a helmet sticker on ESPN. I still have that screenshot that I took that night of it. So uh, seeing him there, of course, Blake, I got to call his name. Funny story. Blake, obviously his last name is pronounced. He pronounces it Trahan. Oh, my, brother, my brother before the first game of the season. And I didn't know Blake that well. And I know that he was referred to as Trahan, but my brother came up to me before the first baseball game. It was like, Hey, cause I was announcing for, for baseball. And he goes, Hey, just FYI, he, he wants to be called Trahan. I don't know where Trahan came from. So I'm there first couple games of the season going Trahan, Trahan, Trahan. And then I realized my brother was full of crap and that he was just trying to make me say Trahan instead of Trahan. So I corrected that out of respect for Blake and the way that he says it. But, but then you have Dan who, I mean, I was, uh, Dan's just a staple. I mean, you cannot find someone who bleeds vermilion more than Dan does. Uh, the man is a legend in, in not only UL circles, but of all Louisiana athletics, uh, college athletic circles. He's so well-respected. He, he does so many great things for university. I know that, that like me, he's done a lot of free things for the university just out of the love for, uh, for UL. So Dan, I look, if there, I, I don't know why it took him so long to, for him to get in there, but he's a great representative for, for UL and, and so happy for him and Mary Beth to finally get that recognition that they deserve. So congratulations to Dan. I was really excited for that. No doubt. And very well deserved for Dan. And of course, I'm happy for both Dan and Mary Beth. Like you said, uh, they bleed, they bleed vermilion and white and, uh, you know, people like that, what more can you ask for the, 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 the number of years they put in and dedicated 
to UL athletics is it's it's unbelievable. So yeah, and Mary as well. And I said and Mary Beth because like Well, she's I, there too. I, well, I don't think, but I don't think I think people understand, but I don't think they, they grasp the concept of how much time Dan spent away from home and away from Mary Beth, even though she attends a lot of the uh, events, but like these coaches and these sports information directors and these people in athletics get there at eight in the morning. And they're, they're sometimes on road trips for days at a time, or they're working till nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night and doing it over, you know, the next day. So um, coaches, uh, you know, support staff, they, they work so many odd hours away from their families and, and, you know, sometimes you got to give a little credit. I know Colleen, God bless her because she was taking care of Judd, not Ashley yeah. for so many years while robe was, you know, I, I remember him locking his keys in the clubhouse at, you know, 12 midnight, I had to go and lock it for him. So I, I know how, how demanding it is from a family perspective. So that's why I mentioned Mary Beth. It's, it's really not only is she a part of the university and, and everything she does, but she gave a lot of Dan to us as well over those years. <laughs> no question about it. So congratulations to all our Hall of Fame inductees. Again, they will be inducted this Friday night at uh, Warehouse 535. And uh, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some tears shed and some emotional moments as all of these inductees give their speeches and should be a good time. Have you guys um, been to 535? I have not actually outstanding no. venue. And if nobody, if people don't understand where Garfield is, it's right there along the tracks. If you take Johnson, uh, before you cross the railroad tracks to go to I 49, there's an old, what I think was a feed store. And there was also a uh, railroad depot right there. So, yeah. That's right by, um, that's right by like the railroad station, isn't it? Correct. The well, train station. well, I mean, it's like, on, it's to the right of that. It's South. Okay. But they turned it into a fantastic venue. They have a big parking lot and there's some, a uh, grassy area where they have a small, uh, like a bandstand there, but the inside of the place they've done they've done wonders with it. It's a great spot. Uh, so if you if you can if you can make it to that ceremony, you'll enjoy the venue. I promise you. It's been it's great, and they do lots of different events. They'll probably have art all over the walls and everything. It's a super cool place. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, if you uh, so there, look, there's a lot of homecoming festivities going on here until Saturday. So. If there's any way you want to get involved, you and your friends want to get together and reminisce about the old times, pick any of these events, uh, check it out, and um, just have a good time. I mean, I, I love this time of year. I love homecoming. It's uh, you get to kind of bring it brings back memories, and, and and you know we really get to talk about and and reflect on what this university means to us and what it did for us. And so, um, you know, actually on Friday night, uh, my wife and I are going to um, her her some of her sorority friends, they, they do a yearly homecoming dinner. And so we'll all be um, grabbing a good bite to eat, talking about old times, talking about what we're, what time we're going to be at the tailgate, all hanging out at the parade, we kind of turn it into a tradition in many ways. So um, yeah, we're going to try to get into the homecoming festivities as well. Uh, but anyway, can it should I, be a fun weekend. Can I comment on homecoming if you don't mind real quickly? Oh, go ahead, man. Uh, we, we spent a lot of time uh, talking about our shortcomings, you know, and it's not because we want to dump on the program or anything. It's because we do a lot of things that aren't up to par and it should be talked about and highlighted, but we do homecoming. Well, uh, regardless of the size of our school, you won't find a better homecoming week than in Lafayette, Louisiana. There's so many different fun things going on. The businesses that get involved, you know, hell man, if we can get the people that 
dress their businesses up to represent the Cajuns, and we can get them in the damn stadium or, or tailgating, the place would be on fire. I mean, I think we do such a great job. The Alumni Association do a great job this week. Uh, everybody, the students, and I mentioned Yell Like Hell, but it wasn't Yell Like Hell. They had like a fashion show for uh, some of the students um, at, the, at Blackham. It was yesterday or Monday. And I always call I it, it Yell Like Monday, Hell. Yeah. yeah, 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 whatever that is. They do a great job with it. And if you can see it on the digital platforms that they they highlighted it. There's so many different things. The parade's always really good. Tailgating's always really good. Man, sometimes it just feels like we have this whole army staff of people to market and do all these wonderful things, and we kill it for one week a year. What would it take to take what we put into homecoming week and make it 52 weeks a year? And we would have something so special if we could take that fervor and that amount of effort and the way that we promote ourselves this week and just do it all the time. Uh, but but that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the fact that this week is a great week to be a Cajuns fan, supporter, alumni, whatever the case is. There's so many different things going on around. There's so many different things, and I found this out a couple years ago, Jerry, when we started doing Rage and Review. People don't even know what goes on for homecoming. There's so many events and so many different, you know, I don't know, things you can get involved with that people lose track. So go out and find a schedule of events. Go out. I saw one on Raging Cajuns, uh, the official Raging Cajuns Twitter account. They had a good one. Um, absolutely actually has one that's really good, that's pretty detailed. It tells you all the different events that start Monday and end Saturday. Go find the schedule because there's so many different things that you can get involved with. And I just thought it was something worth saying. You got to give a shout out to the marketing. You got to give a shout out to the licensing department over the last couple of weeks with the vintage releases and, and the promotion of the games and the new uniforms that we'll talk about, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. you, know, you know, all of those things play into getting excited for a game like this. And man, if we could just do it 52 weeks a year, I mean, this place would explode. But not only that, Josh, if we could get the people who wear the red and the businesses that wear the red and and everyone who gets so excited this one week a year to get excited for six weeks a year and show up to Cajun Field, that would be fun, too. That would, I mean, we'd be packed every every single time. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think we need a, we need that excitement from the administration. But I think all those people who get so excited and, and become UL fans for one week a year, why not make that six weeks a year? Yeah, it's almost like the cafeteria religious folks, right? Yeah. Uh, they're super religious on Easter, man. But if we yeah. could just get you to be that religious the rest of the year, you will be some point. holy no, bastards. That's, that's perfect yeah. analogy, It's man. a good point. And, so and, and, we, y'all need yeah. to repent and be Cajun fans all year, damn it. <laughs> preach, Josh, preach. And to your point about – and let's – you know what? Let's talk about that So while we're on the, the subject of homecoming. One thing we pride ourselves on, even with the Louisiana brand, and I've seen the tug of war of how we brand and all that stuff, and it's been it's been a battle for our university for a long time. But one thing you can't deny is how awesome this vintage, whether it's USL, whether it's the Bulldog, uh, whether it's bringing the Louisiana name along with like the script Cajuns, Grand Slam to everybody involved, whether it's the licensing team, whether it's all of the different stores that have gotten involved and released this vintage apparel. We've talked about this for a long time. Fans have been dying to have USL stuff. They've been dying to have the Bulldog. They've been waiting for script Cajuns. I mean, I can't tell you the first time I saw this script Cajun shirt. I mean, I literally jumped for it and grabbed it right away because, you know, this right here, this is my childhood. This is what I, this, I grew up 
being a Cajuns fan staring at this. And so to bring it back and really market it and market it as one of the main logos now next to the Raging Cajun logo, sometimes you got to you gotta move forward by appreciating the past. And I think we've done a good job doing that. And I think releasing this apparel will do that as well. Look at the response. Look at the response of the community. We talk about community involvement. Look at the response of the community upon this release. The number of fans I've talked to saying, oh man, I'm about to splurge for Christmas shopping. I can't wait for so-and-so's birthday and anniversary. and, And I can't wait to get all of the this the USL gear for my family when 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 these holidays roll around and the university and the marketing team they all did a fantastic job releasing this because it's something we've wanted for a long time but i think what makes it even greater is how much of how receptive the public has been on it i mean there's certain stores out there i've seen on social media they're like look we're backed up <laughs> you were packed up. We apologize for the delay, but you know, all the different things you're trying to order. And it's funny because it absolutely, I remember telling them that they had kind of mentioned a few weeks back that there was going to be uh, a possible release of these things. I said, if you do it, this is something, you know, just, it's going to be like black Friday, treated like black Friday, because that's what it's turned out to be. And it's just great to see. It's great to see the community rally behind it. It's great to see the way the Cajuns, I mean, look, We'll talk about it. The Cajuns are going to be playing in their retro, first time playing in retro uniforms ever, I believe, in football. They've never done this before with a white script Cajuns helmet. We've always wanted that. And um, I, I just I, I can't re I can't reemphasize how great that is. It, it's so awesome. Nick, Nick you- I see you're ready to pounce. I want to can let me set you up. Let me let me give you the alley. The conversation right now between the marketing and the community and the academia folk and the people that have said, you know, 25 years we've been fighting for the Louisiana name and we've been fighting to get away from USL and all this stuff. What is your take on the fact that we finally embrace the past? And it's hard to ask the question. What is your take on the fact that we finally embrace the past and how the customer base, the support base reacted to that? I don't hate it. I mean, I, I was at, at first, I wasn't crazy about it because it was so positioned as this is going to be the biggest thing ever. And then when they release it, it's like, Oh, it's some, it's some gear. Now look, the gear is a lot nicer than, than I expected it to be. So as the week went on and I started seeing it, I was like, Oh, this is really nice. As far as the USL stuff, I could give two craps about it. Like USL, I know some of TSAB fans want to call us USL. Okay, that's our name like 40 years ago. I really don't. That's not an insult. That's who we were. Congratulations. Yeah, big joke. So, no, I appreciate that. But here's the only drawback. Not really drawback, but the thing that we need to do is that we're appreciating and we're showing love and we're showing this throwback for the older fans, right? Which we, look, let's not not bs anybody we're an older fan base there are a ton of older people who are our hardcore fans and show up to every single game we have got to start getting that excitement and what we do for this usl and all all this throwback gear we got to start making our game day environment and start marketing towards the future generation of fans because i got to tell you between the 50 the 40 the 60 year olds that all go to the games and then you got the kids that are that are coming through high school and middle school that are trying to figure out which teams they want to root for. We've got a big gap there. 
And let me tell you, a lot of that big gap is going to T are going to TSAB games on the weekends. So we've got to find some way to connect to the 18 and below fans that are future fans that we have. Because what happens when the 70, 60, 50 year old fans go away and now we haven't marketed towards the younger fans, then we really have nobody at Cajun Field. So this is great. I don't want to poo-poo on this. This is awesome. And I love the gear and I'm going to buy some myself. But at the same time, we have got to give that energy to the potential new fans that we have not been marketing to for the last 20 years. We've got to start doing something there. I agree. Jerry, what's your take on that whole thing where, you know, you for a long time, we felt like we were trying to get away from USL and all this stuff, and then we embrace it, and some of the fans are upset. And look, before you go, this is a perfect example, and I've seen a lot of this on Twitter from younger people. Oh, that was hype for nothing. I mean, it's cool, but that's not what we were expecting. I mean, oh, big deal. So the, the older fans got excited, but this is a perfect example of what Doug's saying, and a lot of younger folks said the same thing. So we've got to find our niche with them and start marketing to them. Sorry, Jerry, go ahead. No, no, I no, agree. I, I agree. Real quick before you go, Jerry, this is what happens when you starve a fan base. When they actually market and do what they're supposed to do, it feels like, you know, incredible. It feels amazing. Oh, my God, we're going to get something that we've always asked for? Well, yeah, well, if they did that shit on a regular basis, it wouldn't be over-marketing. I'm not going to kill the marketing staff for doing their job. Yes, they rose from the dead and did their job, and and I understand that that feels like over-marketing. And, Doug, I, I'm not – trust me, dude, I'm, I totally get what you're saying. But we can't kill them for marketing, and we can't kill them for not marketing. And my, my position on this one is they marketed a homecoming vintage release properly, and when you juxtapose it to not marketing anything ever, it feels like over-marketing, if that makes sense. That, that, that goes to my point, consistency. If you're more consistent in the marketing efforts, this wouldn't have felt like, you know, we were showing you the Ark of the Covenant through that vault. It, that, that's to, that to me. Jerry from the top row. I mean, seriously, that, but that's that's how people felt. And and I and look, I had a feeling. I kind of knew what it was. Everybody was wondering, is it a mascot? I think we have a, a good friend of the pod that thought, Co you know, said that Coach Hud's coming back. You know, he's going to just pop through like the birthday cake, pop through the birthday cake and say, I'm back, guys, you know. But I, I think they did it right. They did it right. And, and look, the reality is, if you look at even the younger generation and the clothes they wear, right, a lot of old fads are coming back, right? Uh, old is kind of like new now in many ways. And that includes athletic apparel, right? You look at throwback uniforms, they've become a lot more popular. You look at certain schools that are that that bring a lot more vintage back, like coaches, coaching gear, they have themes in some games. Uh, I mean, look. Look at our baseball uniforms. Look at the baseball uniforms we wear now. Josh, you're wearing the hoodie, the, the script Cajuns. That's that's our main uniform. We wore those in the 80s and the 90s, and it looks just as great as it did 40 years ago. So I think you're starting to see a lot of fashion fads now, especially in athletics. You're starting to see people in, in programs bring back a lot of old stuff just because it looks good today, and you kind of modernize it a little bit, right? Script Cajuns. We wore, we wear, we still wear the script Cajun's helmet every once in a while, and you, you're wearing it on on modern gear, and it's still right. It still looks just as good as it did in the '90s on better gear. So I think if you market it properly and you're able to kind of modernize the old school stuff, it really looks good. And I mean, look, you got 
you got professional teams now. The Astros are a prime example. You look at bu- the Buffalo Bills. Their color schemes are going so back good. to what they wore it's so back good. in the 60s and the 70s. And they and they modernized it. So to your point about, and I know it's a long-winded answer, but it's almost like the fad now it, is you're bringing back old school themes and you're just modernizing modernizing it. And I think that's kind of what we're doing with, with the vintage Cajuns gear. Like again, script Cajuns, it's pretty much become, we pretty much brought it back as a secondary logo for us. And I, I welcome it with open arms. The women's basketball team released uh, a uniform, a red uniform with the script Cajuns right across with volleyball. With I, I think it looks great. I wish we, volleyball, same thing. Softball, softball wears script Cajuns. Baseball where to me, I love the script Cajuns, but it's it's honoring the past and modernizing the past with the present. And if you could do it properly, it's going to work. And so as far as people, you know, look, the whole Louisiana brand, this isn't ESPN's not going to stop calling us Louisiana because we're exactly. Uniforms. And that's kind of where I was going with it. Yeah. Fox. Yeah. We've won the name battle, regardless of what the people across the basin think, regardless of what people in North Louisiana think they can scream. Ooh, la la ULL USL all they want. They can tell us to know our place ESPN on national TV. They don't care about that. It's just a bunch of people screaming, let them scream. We won the battle. So that's not going to stop that particular uh, marketing or brand name because we decided to 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 get vintage, vintage vintage apparel and vintage clothing. I mean, on Rage and Page, and there were a few fans, and I I get their frustration because a lot of them are passionate about the Louisiana name. The Louisiana name's not just going to magically disappear because we decide to wear script cages on our uniforms. Could I it's make the point? Anywhere. Could I make the point that it actually shows some security in our name? Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank that, you. That's yes. how I feel about it. I feel yes. like we've arrived at a point where Louisiana is so synonymous with the Raging Cajuns that you can do what every other school in the country does, and that's embrace the past and have a vintage line. Troy, prime example. Troy they got State. rid of Troy State. Their vintage clothing has Troy State on it. That doesn't mean we're just going to start calling, you know, us and ESPN are just going to start calling them Troy State all of a sudden because they decided to sell that apparel. So, so to me, like you said, Josh, it's about, it's about, it's, 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 there's a sense of, um, what's the word? Well, insecurity, if you yeah. will, like, well, well, I don't well, feel insecure. Imagine, imagine a P5 fan base that just won a national championship getting upset when you call them TSAP. We're not that. Well, I mean, it says Troy State on their website, so I'm going to call them Troy State. I mean, it says it on the website, so got to call them that. Sorry, I had to get that job in. No, Tied it's fine. In. I'm <laughs> sure he'll be I'm sure he'll be beside himself because we're playing Georgia Southern this week, so he's going to be go or Georgia uh, no, he's Georgia Southern, not State. Yeah. I get him confused. No, but if, God, Georgia Southern people are going to kill me for that. Nobody's going to get mad at you, man. Look, look, look <laughs> I'll I'll be really quick, Jerry, cuz I know you want to move on, but I would just say this. All right, I think it shows security. And here's the thing. Sometimes, and I'm not necessarily saying abandon Louisiana, and I'm I'm not saying abandon the battle because we're right in the middle of it. We've been on the trenches for 20 freaking years, okay? Sometimes you need to get it right more than you need to be right. And when your customer base reacts, they tell you what they want. They will show you if you're doing it right or not. When script Cajuns comes out across the helmet and you have more social media reactions than you've had in a year and a half combined, that tells you there's something there. When you can fill, I don't know, six different stores with vintage clothing and they're sold out in 
36 hours? Three days. Yeah, that tells like two or three days. you that that's what they want. Maybe you should listen to the customer and the support system. Okay, I think that we've gotten so infatuated with trying to capture this Louisiana brand and all this stuff, we've forgotten who the hell we are. And who we are is a regional grassroots fan base. You don't have to abandon Louisiana to still understand that the Bulldogs and the Cajun script and the USL is who we came from. Okay, so you can do both. We got to stop being scared of our own shadow. Give the people what they want. What they want is script Cajuns across their chest. And they want to see it on the helmet. They want a mascot. And a mascot. And a mascot. Now, look, I, I ran this by Catherine earlier, and I think we have something afoot. At the tailgate, I'm considering bringing my cardboard cayenne. I was wondering where it was, actually. I was going to ask you about that. So we're going to take the cardboard cayenne and take it out to the tailgate, and we're going to tweet out, come take your picture with cayenne. If Cayenne gets a big a big response, I'm going to get in with Jerry's We Need a Mascot daily tweet, and we're just going to show him the stats. Hey, this is what the people want. Give them what they want. What do you guys think? Yeah. Should I do it? Absolutely. I think this week showed <laughs> Look, you exactly how bad Cajun Nation is wanting a mascot by the fact that all we could talk about all week with this announcement was, oh, the, we're getting a mascot. Dog. It's that a was mascot. It. Well, Nick, yeah. Nick, Nick, I was just, so I was at Absolutely Today, okay? Their number one selling item is the Bulldog t-shirt. You know what's on the Bulldog t-shirt? A freaking mascot. <laughs> Everybody wants to talk about, oh, we don't need a furry thing in the stands to get the kids. It's not about just the the, the, the mascot itself. It's not just, just about the costume. It's about the merch that you're not selling. It's about the connection that you're not making. It's about the promos that you can't put a face on. It's way more Money. than just a costume. It's about that generation Money. that I just talked about that right. we need to get ingrained into the Cajun spirit that, you know, that we, needs that mascot. They they love Mike the Tiger. Yeah. We literally have t-shirts being made on memes on social media that say fly high sweet prince and it's a cayenne picture. We got <laughs> other mascots making fun of the fact that we don't have a mascot. And going viral over. So we've got the best branding in the country but don't have a mascot to show it off. Come on I'm at people. The point now. I'm at the point now where I'm like, Josh, I'm going to call your cousin James and just be like, dude, just dress up as Poo Poo, show up, Poo Poo Broussard, show up and just start walking around as Poo Poo Broussard. And you know what? You'll just become the official mascot. If, if the school doesn't want to put effort into it, we're going to we, we pride ourselves on grassroots. That's what we're going to do. I got a buddy of mine who is a UL alum. He goes to all the baseball games. He he dre he wears Delcom Reeboks to the games. He's got overalls with no undershirt. He said he would do it, just showing up like that and just interacting with fans. Like, there's people that are willing to straight up dress up like a like a kind of a I guess a stereotypical Cajun in many ways and and do Man, that. Almost I said mean, coon ass, yeah. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> uh, uh, I ain't saying that. But 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 I mean, you know, that's. Fans obviously want a mascot when, when, well, like you said, Nick, when, when you are doing that secret release and everybody's guessing it's a mascot, obviously people want a mascot. So, uh, the, look, the battle is not over. We will continue this, this effort. But with that said, look, the vintage and, and the uniform release, a plus, a look, plus. we got, we got people, we got people designing mascots. We've got someone here who's a, a makes mascots. Like, this is easy stuff, right? This is easy stuff we got to get right. So I'm going to, look, I'm going to die on that sword with you, Jerry. 
who may never get ever get an interview with anybody in the administration because we keep doing this. But it's this is stupid. This is easy. This well, is it goes, so easy. It goes back to the same point that Josh made about the release of the vintage. If if you're secure enough with the Louisiana brand, right? To me, it's the same thing with the mascot. The biggest fear is, well, not everybody's going to be satisfied. Well, look, we saw with the vintage gear that not everybody was satisfied. But you know what? It's what the people wanted. It's the same thing with the mascot. Not everybody's going to be satisfied with what you decide on. But at the same time, that doesn't take away the fact that the majority of people want something, anything, anything. A Cajun, the, the famous Cajun chicken was a chicken. And so, and, and, and came out of retirement after 20 something years to go to the basketball game last year. And, and our basketball, our basketball team, who is a tournament team, broke the season record that year because everybody wanted to go see the chicken. They need to understand that people are going to complain. We, we live, this is the kind of culture we live in. Everybody thinks they has the, they have the answer. You can use that to your advantage, Jerry. You can Agreed. use because people are willing to give feedback. So listen to them. They're going to yes. disagree, but they'll end up liking it later. Who cares? This is the same fan base that criticized Billy Napier. Who cares? Yeah. Just, just take their feedback, take it with a grain of salt, then explain to them, to them why they're wrong, right? And then watch it get results, and then they'll say, you know what? You had me. You're right. You had me. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So um, once again, um, get your vintage gear for homecoming. It's a perfect time that they released it. Uh, this is an opportunity. The Cajuns are wearing throwbacks. Go get what you can. Get a Bulldog shirt. Get a USL shirt. Get a Cajun, script Cajun shirt. Hey, this is the way to celebrate homecoming. And of course, I'll be wearing my vintage gear uh, this week to celebrate uh, the past as well as the present. So moving on. Jerry, real quick. Ryan okay, Landry just told me if I bring the Cayenne cutout, he's going to bring the Coach Hud cutout. So folks, come to 138 in the RV lot. <laughs> come get your picture taken with Cayenne and Coach Hud at the same time. Lord That's have mercy. Time. What an absolute... That's what other cutouts can we get going? I mean, anybody else have a cutout or something? Y'all bring the cutout. We'll bring the fun. Just come and show up at the RV lot. We're going to tweet that out. We're going to put that on social media. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to put that on social media. The last time we tweeted out our spot, we had uh coach Summerall and his entire, his family, his coaching staff, their wives. The, so yeah, long story. Love it. Love yeah. it. So moving on um, last weekend, or last week during the bye, we had uh, our new NIL collective crew Alon president, uh, Mr. John Aiken on. And, and that was what a great episode. What, what a great time we got to spend with John. The man has vision. He's a rock star already in the short time he's been here. He's passionate. He cares. And he's done a fantastic job. But he was marketing the tip-off celebration that was last Thursday night at the Doubletree on Pinhook. And so guess what? I got to talk to John earlier today and uh, wanted to kind of touch base with him and, and bring up the highlights of the tip-off celebration. It was the first real uh, NIL celebration for the crew outlaw. And so John wanted me to share some stats with you guys on how everything turned out. By the way, great turnout to the celebration. Uh, Wayne Toops performed. There were 50 tables that were purchased. Um, and... It was for a first time event. If this type of event could kick off what we could do with this thing, if this was really 
the the first domino effect of how great this this collective can be this thing's going to be really special for our program so to talk a little bit about the tip-off celebration this was for uh raging cajuns men's basketball uh the nil collective for uh the raging cajuns basketball program we had Let's see here. Double Tree Hotel. Again, Wayne Two's performed 50 tables purchased, 18 auction items. There were two golf carts given away for $12,000 each. Four crawfish boils were auctioned off at $3,000 each. There were over 70 silent auction items for a grand total of around $90,000 of revenue. They grossed around $150,000. And uh, at the end, I believed with all once they paid all the expenses and everything, the tip-off celebration for the crew on law netted probably around a hundred thousand dollars. Unbelievable! For the first event, one so, night, one congratulations event. Congratulations to uh, to John Aiken, his staff, and the crew on law. First big real event, and you were able to pull in six figures. And this is the first event. No telling how much this thing can grow if you can do that. Um, and he wanted me to inform everybody that I can't really say much about it, but there are some uh, future events uh, that are being planned right now. They're looking to do a football event that's very similar to the tip-off event. Uh, not sure when uh, this football event will be, but it'll be very similar to what we saw last week. It'll be probably before Christmas, depending on what happens with the team, whether it's the championship game or the bowl game. Uh, they're looking to do something in December uh, that runs uh, with uh, possibly uh, the awards banquet, I believe, on December third. So, can we drop um, some hints? Also, I would like to. Mm, I don't know what. What are we talking here, though? Because there are some things. Uh, I love making Jerry uncomfortable. I, you want to be I know it's secrets. great in his face every time, man. <laughs> hey, look. I mean, you can. I. I didn't. I didn't say it. That's you. But <laughs> so um, look, there's been an opportunity for Razor Review to be, you know, bambied about. This. This is opportunity been bambied about that. Uh, Razor Razor Review might be uh, informally on uh, some advisory board opportunity, possibly. Um, I, but that's about as vague as I can be. Um, okay. Read between the lines. Also, there's been some talk about an event in Houston somewhere around the baseball season possibly happening. Right, right, right. So I'm still good. Jerry's not going to execute yeah. me yet. You're safe. Go no, ahead. you're good. There's you're also good. possibly an event around the Mardi Gras season that might involve some folks that want to be part of the crew. I'm still good. I'm not complaining. Okay, it's Jerry good. freaks out. Yeah, I, I won't get any more specific than that, Jerry. Gosh, I, I was just trying to get the people involved happy. Hey. Hey, don't ruin the surprise. Josh. But tell me, Jeez. but but here's the deal. Tell me again. I'm, look, I don't believe in the silent phase, all right? But look, tell me again, $100,000 in one event. Tell me again there are people in Lafayette who don't have money. Tell me we don't have any big donors. Tell me again, because basketball, look, and, and granted, we have some big donors for basketball. If we can do that in one event, in one night for basketball, what can we do for football? And it's your first event. It's first your event. first event. This it's not like this thing has been around for five or six years. This is was your first event, and you raised six figures. But y'all know why? Y'all know well, why? John's we're not going to get it. into that. We're not getting into that. He's <laughs> he's he is independent of the machine. Y'all know that. We always needed some. We needed a middle ground. You can't be some Joe Blow, but you can't be affiliated. You got to be in the middle. He offers an opportunity to do all the things that RCAF should be doing but can't because of 
their connection to the foundation. And you know what's great about it, Josh, is that you have got a guy who talks the talk, walks the walk, whatever you want to call it. That is a good man. That is a quality person, human being, wonderful person that is leading this. That, to me, because look, we can, Cajuns can tell BS. You know, Cajuns can tell tell who's 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 giving them crap. And That's right. He is what he is the real deal. Look, and, and this, that, genuine, this shows man. it. Yeah, I, I, really I have talked genuine. to John at six o'clock in the morning and one o'clock in the, in the morning, uh, you know, one o'clock in the evening, morning, whatever. The guy is he is committed to what he's trying to do. His hours are odd because he's going get it. It matters to him. You don't get that when you're on salary at, a, at an affiliated business. Correct. I'm sorry. Or man. He, he's got to go out there in the private sector and make it happen. And he and, will. And he will because, in my opinion, he's reaching out to the right people. I agree 100%. No doubt about it. And, and again, this is this is only the beginning for that. So no telling how much this can grow as time goes on. Uh, I actually had the chance to go last Friday night to uh, Sipping in the Sunset, which is held at Drago's. It's every Friday night, uh, I believe, or every Friday evening from 4.30 to around 6, 6.30, depending on who the last person out there, right? And uh, I went last weekend uh, at Drago's, and it it was actually the low. This was probably the lowest attended out of all of them. It was my first one, uh, and uh, Zeon, Chris, Casey Osai, and Kendra Grant were there or Kendra Gant was there, were there. And, um, it wasn't it, the, the attendance was low. And I know John and I were talking about it. And part of the reason was probably due to festival Acadien. You had, I think most of our fans treated this week as a buy, just like the football team, because they were on a buy. So it really would just took a break. Fall break was, you know, in, in session or fall break was there. So families were taking vacations. And then also this was one night, removed from the tip-off celebration so i was telling john you know don't get discouraged it happens um but at the same time this is one of those uh moments where you just keep going you keep you keep plugging away i know we didn't get the crowd we wanted and look there were a few people there a few friends of the pod a few people that we know that showed up wasn't the best crowd but at the same time there were still some people there and um i think i want to say 40 percent of what you purchase on that side of the restaurant goes to NIL. Uh, I purchased my dinner that night. So I gave an indirect NIL donation for that, which was great. But, you know, I think this is something that on a, that can be created on a regular basis where ordinary folks can, can get involved. You, me, I mean, we don't have to give $10,000 to get involved and meet these players. You just have to go on a Friday afternoon after a long week of work Go grab a drink, go meet some of these student athletes and just have a good time and, and help. I mean, that's that's the model that I appreciate with John and what he's done with Crew Along. You don't need a five thousand dollar donation to show up to this event. You all you got to do is just show up. You yeah, know, we and talked about see- it last week. The twenty-five dollar donor, twenty-five dollars or twenty-five thousand dollars, everybody matters. And that's to me, that is so crutch to getting this thing going and helping it grow. And look, I, I know I've been criticized because I live, you know, four hours from Cajun Field and I don't go to every home game. <laughs> so I, apparently I can't have a, a, an opinion. But How Doug and Doug and Alex, I see you both in here. You're both students. You show up to every game. 
If you go to one of those events, DM me while you're there. I will Venmo you money so that you can buy your dinner so that I can participate somehow since I'm, I'm four hours away. So you guys hit me up if you if you show up to those events, and I'll take care of your dinner for that night. Nick really did take some heat last week. That was completely unacceptable. Anyway. Oh, no, that, that was uncalled for. It, that anyway, was totally uncalled look, for. Look, <laughs> the man was competing against, against Festival Acadian. I mean, look, it, it, if it's not the Super Bowl, it's the NFC Championship, okay? It's a great – it was a perfect weather. It was just fantastic. They had a great music lineup. He, I think John has the resolve to understand that he's competing against so many different events. Lafayette is a family town. There's always something going on regardless of time of year. He's going to butt up against that. However, John has the HUD model. Just keep showing up. Oh, he gets it, man. Just keep showing up. HUD showed every single it. one of y'all how to do it. You can't get discouraged and say, oh, it's money in the wind. No, dude, it's not money in the wind. You're you're establishing a presence. Just keep showing up. It doesn't matter if you have 550 or 500. Just show up. Just keep doing it. Guys like Zeon is only going to be here for a short amount of time, whether it's two years or four years. It's still a short amount of time. Guys like Keandra, uh, Kendrick Gant are, are a KCO side. These guys are destined to the NFL. If you are 10, you say you're six or seven years into the program and you can look back and say, I had guys like Casey Osai showing up to my events, that's going to have clout. Just keep showing up. It doesn't matter how many people show up. Just keep doing it. And that's what HUD was great at. He never, ever got discouraged. He just knew he was building something. And that's something that we've struggled with. I mean, let's be honest with uh, with everybody. We've struggled with that in our in our calf efforts and all the little small things that we try to do, you know, this year we'll try to do this. Oh, people didn't show up. Well, let's do something else. Well, we'll try to do this this year. Well, people didn't show up. Let's do something else. No, I think that it's a filter. Like you said, Nick, Cajuns know how to smell bull bullshit, right? They're going to test you. Are you going to show up next Friday? Because maybe I can make it next Friday. And if I have a good time this Friday, maybe I'll show up next Friday. Maybe I won't. Let's see if you show up. That's how we are as a community. We have too much to choose from. Keep showing up, John. The community will respond. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And and look again, if if you could put forth effort in short amount of time for that tip off celebration and raise six figures, you're doing something right. And again, it's only the beginning. So um, I'm excited about that. Uh, Ryan looks like he wants a free meal from Drago's. From I don't from think Nick. I don't think that name is Alex or Doug. I don't know how Ryan got into that conversation. <laughs> Nick, look, Nick's out here trying to give away a TV. They figured, you know, a dinner is no big deal. Nick is Santa Claus. Saint Nick, literally. Saint I Nick. I mean, to it, give money. it makes Come sense, on, man. <laughs> Santa Claus over here. But anyway, <laughs> moving on, guys. Let's talk about what's going on around the Sun Belt. I know the Cajuns have a big game against Georgia State, but there's also other big games around the conference. We'll talk a little bit of what about what happened last week. Just for review, last week, last Tuesday. App State packed the rock in Boone, North Carolina, but they dropped a game to the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers by the final score of 27-24. Looks like, um, man, Coach Sean Clark's seat's getting really hot for the standards down Boone. That was a big, tough loss for them. Big win for Coastal. How do you lose uh, like that? You put the ball on the money, guy fumbles it. Really kind of a tough call. You can't overturn the guy landing a half a centimeter away from the line. But my God, that was brutal. Ball security, man. Ball security. So anyway, App State drops that game to Coastal. 
JMU just continues to dominate. They stay undefeated. I believe, I don't know if the if it's the coaches poll or the AP poll, but I believe they're one or two spots out of the top 20, outside the top 25 right now. They defeat Georgia Southern by the score of 41 to 13. Troy continues their win streak by shutting out the Black Knights of Army by the score of 19 to nothing. Georgia State, like we mentioned, defeats Marshall. Big win for the Panthers as they come to Lafayette this week. They defeat Marshall by the final score of 41 to 24. And last but not least, and very interestingly, Texas State just kind of played the role of the Cajuns where they decided to show up in the fourth quarter. Close, close win, big comeback win for the Bobcats. They defeat the ULM Warhawks by the final score of 21 to 20. And there, uh, I believe it's between Louisiana, Texas State, and Troy. Big in, well, we're about to talk about South Alabama, but a big race for the Sunbelt West. It gets really interesting. Moving on to this week, last night, whew, Twitter was blowing up with our buzzard friends out in Hattiesburg, South Alabama pretty much destroyed Southern Miss by the score of 55-3. to Yeah, and uh, South Alabama gets, I believe, an 11-day break before they take they face us, the Cajuns, next week in Mobile on October 28th, which, by the way, now has a kickoff time. The Cajuns will face South Alabama Saturday, October 28th at 4 p.m. Central Time. Is that game on ESPN Plus or ESPNU? I think it's ESPN Plus, correct, if I'm not mistaken? Not sure, but, I mean, that's going to be a tough game time. 4 o'clock, that's a bad window for us. It's trick-or-treat night, too. But... Yeah. Wait, is that on Tuesday? Saturday. Okay, good. That's what a trick. Well, our neighborhood's well, doing it on the 31st. Ah, gotcha. Gotcha. Confuse me. Anyways, here. you messed up no, my, my, my calendar. Look at this calendar. My bad. Look, my bad. Can I give <laughs> can I give some thoughts real quick? Very, very quick. So oh, many thoughts. No. You go. Hey. So first of all, JMU got denied for their postseason wishes. I, I know their attorney general or somebody wrote the head of the NCAA. What, Josh? What are your thoughts on that? James Madison is not good. I what <laughs> They're not. They have the worst pass defense in America. Look it up right now. They give up like 345 passes. They haven't played anybody. They're not good. They're like the liberty of the Sun Belt. <laughs> Holy cow, they're not good. I don't understand all these people slobbering all over JMU. They're not good. I don't know, man. Hey, so, but they're still to me, they're still worthy of a bowl. Okay. No, they, like they should they, be able no, to compete they, at the FBS level in a bowl game. I totally agree with that. Yeah. But totally agree. The rules there. And other teams have to follow it. So sorry, dude. Like you, that's what you agreed to. I know. I know. Whatever. Um, Texas State. I thought we broke them, like we did Marshall last year. Like we did several teams. We broke them the next week, and and <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe we did break them because that wasn't that impressive. But they pulled it out. So congratulations to them. But South Al, let's talk about them. Look, I hate South Alabama because it's just in my blood. I've hated them since I was like two years old. But man, after seeing the billboards thing. And how Southern Miss put those <laughs> trashy ass billboards in their own place saying, if you want to go to a real college, you go to. First of all, nobody's looking at Southern Miss as a big college experience. Just stop. Stop right there. Nobody is looking for Mobile saying, man, I want the real big college experience. Let's go to Hattiesburg. That'll be awesome. Nobody in the world is saying that. So 
congratulations to, to them if they think that they're the center of the earth. They deserve that ass kicking. And I'm glad he called timeout before halftime to try to score again yes. because you deserved it for being that stupid and marketing in somebody else's town like you're the biggest thing since sliced bread. That was dumb. You deserved it, and you got what was coming for you. So congratulations, you big college experience in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I, I'm so with Nick on that. I know that ESPN made a big deal about it. He, they deserved everything they got, especially this year. What are you doing? What, did, did you come up with this campaign nine months ago? Because you have no business marketing in somebody else's it's almost, area. It's almost as dumb as being 0-6 or being an 0-10 against a team and playing set it off. It's almost as dumb as that. Y'all better play that instrumental that I sent you in the email. It's that, coming that, at the end, buddy. It's coming at the end. We well, got I'm you. talking about for the post game. I played it twice last week. I'm playing it tonight. We're gonna play it post game and we win too. Listen, all right. I, look, I'm all about it. South, I know we're looking ahead. South Alabama is the best team we're gonna play this year. I really believe that. Their good is really, really good, and They're that's the how most I complete judge teams. Team to me, yes, I agree. They do everything well. They don't do anything great, but they do everything well. And you got to give Shane Womack some credit, dude. He's built something out there. They've got depth. I know that they lost early to a team that they shouldn't have, but they absolutely blew out a Big 12 opponent that's actually turned out to be pretty good. So yeah. you, you got to give them their credit. I, I think South Al is worth something, and, uh, and and that's where I'm at on it. No, they're the real deal. They're the real deal, and we have our work cut out for us. But, again, we got to focus on this week, uh, Georgia State. They're just a, they're, they're a tough team. So let's get past Georgia State before worrying about getting to Mobile. But to your point, no, South Alabama is a good team. And um, in the last two weeks, they've scored 55 points in both games. So that is that spells danger. Uh, anyway, so with that being said, again, South Alabama victorious the other night over Southern Miss by the score of 55-3. to three. Thursday night matchup, JMU goes to Marshall. So we're going to find out how good JMU really is as soon as tomorrow night when they go head over to uh, Huntington to take on the Marshall Thundering Herd. Uh, kickoff is at 6 o'clock. You can see it on ESPN. Saturday, the ULM Warhawks will travel to Statesboro to take on Georgia Southern, kickoff at 1 o'clock. App State will head over to ODU. Uh, kickoff will be at 6 p.m. on the NFL Network. Coastal Carolina travels to Arkansas State. Kickoff will be at 6 o'clock on ESPN+. And last but not least, of course, yours truly, Louisiana, will host Georgia State kickoff at 7 o'clock. That's going to do it for Around the Sun Belt. Let's move on real quickly to Raging Cajuns Volleyball. Raging Cajuns Volleyball with a record of 12-10, and 3-5 and five in conference. Uh, lost two straight games to South Alabama last week at Earl K. Long by the score of three sets to two and three sets to one. Coach Christy Gray and her team are looking to bounce back from that as they will travel to Norfolk, Virginia this week again to play ODU, their first match will be tomorrow night, actually, Thursday, uh, with uh, the start time at 5.30, as well as Friday at 5.30. So both games will be against the ODU Monarchs, and you can watch both volleyball matches on ESPN+. Rage of Cajun Soccer came off a, a big loss last week to uh, South Alabama here at home by the score of 5-0. Uh, Raging Cajun Soccer now sits at five, seven, and two overall, two and five in conference. They will try to um, get back on the right track when they host Arkansas State tomorrow 
at the track and field slash soccer facility on Reinhardt Drive. If you want to go, it will be a blackout. And I believe there's like a pet promotion, if I'm not mistaken. They were advertising that on social media. Bring your pups. Bring your pups. Yeah. So if you want to get the dog out the house, bring them over to watch some Raging Cajun soccer. Uh, kickoff will be at 7 o'clock. Once again, that'll be tomorrow, Thursday night against the Arkansas State Red Wolves. And then the Cajuns will travel to Troy on Sunday, uh, kickoff at one o'clock against the Troy Trojans. And again, just like volleyball, both games will be on ESPN+. Plus. Josh, I'm doing this for you. Actually, I was going to do this even if you didn't come on, but Raging Cajuns Golf travel to Little Rock. They competed in the Event Buick GMC Classic. They finished in sixth place uh, on Monday, and uh, they finished total, I believe, on Tuesday at fifth place out of 15 schools. Uh, Raging Cajuns Golf will travel to Hawaii and play in a tournament there next week, and that will close out the fall schedule before returning True, uh, in the spring. But we need to point out that it's three straight top five finishes for the Cajuns on the links. Very important. Which is, that's very good. Coming off that's... of the Sunbelt Championship. Hey, we're heading in the right direction. You got Jake Mahler playing his. Took us off. You got. Artigo? Yes. You got Artigo playing his ass off. You got Milan playing his. Listen, we've got some depth on this team. All right. Watch out for postseason play. And I know it's just a fall wraparound, but when the spring comes, we, we have a very good, very solid, built to last golf team. So I'm, I'm fired up. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And and look, uh, what that golf team accomplished last year and the way that they've actually, like you said, Josh, the way they've kind of carried on that momentum from last season has been pretty impressive because I don't re recall our, our golf team really finishing upper echelon consistently over the last few years. So it's good to see that. That's because it uh, didn't happening. happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. Well, there you go. So you just got to build on it. You just got to build on it. So that's going to do it for Raging Cajuns volleyball raging cajun soccer and raging cajuns golf so before we go last but not least um let's talk a little bit about predictions now before we do that uh, i do want to give a shout out um as some of you know i had the chance to represent raging review on the state of atlanta podcast the other night uh, i want to thank david ryan and tim for being uh, great hosts um it was actually a lot of fun. We had a great time talking about this upcoming game, hearing their perspective. Uh, they do a great job. They do. They're pretty good with trash talking as well. Uh, we've kind of enjoyed the banter back and forth, but uh, they have a really good uh, podcast over there. If you get the chance to listen, please um, head over there and, and and kind of hear their perspective of where they stand, uh, not just with uh, this football game, but Georgia State Athletics. So once again, to those guys, thank you so much for having me on. It was a great time, and uh, I'm sure we'll be doing a lot more uh, interactions in the future when whether it's baseball basketball or or uh, future football matchups so again thank you want to give a shout out to the state of atlanta podcast there so um yeah predictions guys um who wants to start what do you guys think on saturday or what do you think is going to happen on saturday between the cajuns and the panthers nick you go first first of all uh can't really talk trash till you beat us which you've never done. So congratulations on that. Um, look, I think they're going to get their, they're going to get their yards. They're going to get their scores. I think we're going to expose their defense, which I 
look, I, they may prove me wrong next week, but I think we're going to be better offensively. I think it's going to be a, a one score game, however, and I think we're looking for a score in the realm of like Cajuns 35, Georgia State 28. I like that a lot. And I'm going to break my rule of not making a prediction uh, today because it is, it's homecoming, you know, so live a little, right? I'm going to go Cajuns 38, Georgia State 22. That's my that's my prediction for uh, how it's going to all play out on Saturday night. I expect a crowd that we haven't seen in a while. I expect a crowd that's had fun all Saturday. It might be a little lubed up, having a good time on a, on a, on a Lafayette Saturday night. That's what I expect. That's what homecoming has delivered more times than not. Um, how can you not get excited for homecoming on ESPNU against a good quality opponent? I mean, look, there's got to be 25,000 Cajun fans in this city. And I think they find their way to Cajun Field on Saturday night. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball at y'all. So we gave our score predictions. Give me your attendance predictions for Saturday night. Well, you got to give your prediction first, and then I'll give my attendance. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think both of you are pretty much spot on. I think both teams are going to score points. I think the Cajuns are going to have a little bit more of an advantage due to the fact that I think we're going to be able to expose their defense a little more than they're going to expose ours. I think we're going to get a few breaks here and there. And I also have faith that we're not going to turn the ball over in the red zone. Uh, If we can go in the red zone and be a hundred percent, whether it's field goals or touchdowns, uh, I like our chances a lot. I think the Cajuns make maybe just a few more plays and that I think the home field will kind of carry us over. I like the Cajuns uh, winning this one. I think it's going to be a hard-fought match, but I think the Cajuns are going to make one or two more highlights. Uh, Cajuns win by the score, or I think the Cajuns win by the score of 31-21. I can live with it. All right, so we're doing we're doing attendance now. Um, look, my heart tells me 25-5, but reality tells me 22-7. <laughs> Sorry, I took it from you, Josh. <laughs> it was pretty close. I was I was gonna say twenty one seven. Actually, that was my prediction, but I don't want to be too uniform there. So I'm gonna go twenty one six. That's my prediction. Okay, that's good ones. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say right at twenty two. I'm gonna say right at twenty two, give or take. You know, I take twenty two thousand thirty five or something like that. I'm gonna say a little over twenty two. I think that's a fair benchmark for the way we we're playing football right now. It's, it's, it's a fun product. Uh, the way uh, homecoming comes in to the mix against a good Georgia state team. And I also think the weather's going to be great and it's going to be a good Saturday night where, you know, it's going to be typical fall and you're going to go out there and it's just, it's, it's just going to be a great atmosphere. So if you, if we could get 22,000, that would be, I'm mean, actually, actually that'd be the largest crowd since the championship game, number one, but number two, it would show that, there's a little bit of an upper trajectory and support, but you know, look, we've had articles all week, people trying to ask the same questions over and over again. What will it take? Why are we not doing this? Why are we not doing that? So um, if there's a chance for us to, to get people to show up, it's homecoming. So uh, hoping, hoping we can get 22,000 in there. Agreed. And look, if all the people who were asking why we can't do it showed up, then we'd have over 30,000. So show up. That's all you got to do. I mean, I bet if we had a mascot, we'd get 30,000. Don't get me started, Jerry. Come on now. Anyway, guys, well, uh, thank y'all so much for coming on, Josh. It's always a pleasure seeing you as well. Any final thoughts before we go? 
I have some. What you Go got? Go buy absolutely. Buy a hat, buy a shirt, get a jacket. My wife is selling cookies over there. Well, actually, they're free. So get you a free cookie from Tiny Island Kitchen. This is my wife. I'm doing a shameless plug. I don't give a sh Y'all can fuss at me later. This is her little deal. I'm going to show it up here. Look at this. Okay. All right. You can see it. She makes good cookies and good biscuits. <laughs> Your wife pulled out a started making biscuits in my parents' house one weekend. Everything she touches turns to gold, okay? Here you so go. So good. Here's your chance to go get some free, fantastic cookies. Treats are just phenomenal. Go check them out and buy something while you're at Absolutely. So Catherine's making cookies. Yes. And you know what? It's right. It falls right into the homecoming festivities, right? Cool UL cookies along with some good UL vintage merch. I mean, what could what, what could be any better than that, right? <laughs> anyway, guys, Nick, Josh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, once again, thank you, everybody, for listening to the, the Rage Review podcast tonight. Please don't forget, subscribe, like, comment, give us feedback. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and uh, instagram we also can be heard or you can listen to us on apple itunes or spotify just a reminder one more time cajuns take on the georgia state panthers this saturday night at cajun field kickoff will be at 7 p.m central standard time game will be nationally televised on espnu and it's homecoming a lot of festivities around town a lot of festivities leading leading up to saturday and again, if you're out at the tailgate, be sure to show up for the homecoming parade. 3 p.m. starts at uh, Blackman Coliseum, ends right in the heart of the tailgate at Cajun Field. Hope to see you all there. For Nick, for Josh, I'm Jerry, and we are the Rage and Review Podcast. Everybody have a great night. Go Cajuns. And in the words of my friend, the late, great Dave, Big Dave Thibodeau, bye, we out of here. See you later, gentlemen.